welcome to season three of the Growth Adventure Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Appel. Excited to be joined today by Brianna Duncan, the principal and lead of Parallel Design Group. Brianna, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Because we believe in full transparency at the Growth Adventure, I need to uh, let our listeners know that uh, Gregor Nepal is working with Brianna and principal in, in Parallel Design on our next office space. So uh, that did not influence my decision to have her on here. She's got a great story to tell and I'm looking forward to the conversation. So Brianna, welcome. Thank you. So kind of right off the top for our listeners, can you maybe kind of walk through your growth as a leader, kind of where where you started, what got you interested in your field and uh, kind of how you ended up where you are today? Sure. So, you know, I'll take the story back just a little bit further than normal. Potentially, I grew up in a small town and I went to a small school, graduating class of like 69 people. So, you know, in, in that situation, didn't have a whole lot of exposure opportunity to understand, you know, what I want to be when I grow up. I think obviously at 18, it's hard to understand what you want to be regardless of your opportunities, but especially in a small town. So I thought I wanted to be a radiologist and... I'm going to date myself a little bit here because my home ec teacher said, no, 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 you're a not a radiologist. I'm like, oh, okay. She goes, I'm going to have a career day just for you. And I'm going to bring in an interior designer and I'm going to bring in a radiologist. And I said, okay. You know, so she brings them in and I hear their stories. And I was like, I think I want to be an interior designer. It's like, what, what is that? Even, you know, entail what do they do in my small town you know they weren't there were no designers they were decorators and they hung wallpaper and picked out paint colors and so picked to go to IU simply because my brother went to Purdue and I wanted to be different and ended up loving design of course my parents you know my dad especially was like oh my gosh I'm sending my kids to college to pick paint colors and lampshades he really had no context for what that meant um IU had a really difficult program, really tough. Half the people dropped out and I pushed through it and knew that's what I wanted to do and really, really loved it. Took on an internship here in Indianapolis for a full service firm, architectural engineering and things like that, because I wanted to understand the full breadth of design and what all that included. From there, I worked at a smaller firm and then ended up having children having a family and decided, you know, my kids are only young ones. I really would love to spend time with my kids. I'm, I'm probably a workaholic by nature. And my husband was really surprised that I wanted to leave the job I had. I loved it, loved the people, had it made. And I said, well, I can work the rest of my life. I can't raise my kids. You know, they're only young once. So the intent was to go home I raised my kids until they went to kindergarten and then go back to work. That did not happen. About six months into that, my people continued to call me and were like, where did you go? What are you doing? Can you help me on the side? And I ended up with a 50,000 square foot job and decided, okay, well, I guess we better make this real. So that's kind of the beginnings of Parallel Design Group, which was formerly called Brianna Duncan Interiors, because I wasn't planning to start a business. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. And it would just be my observation. If you say you probably are a workaholic, just not your workaholic, <laughs> but I, I appreciate the humility and, and the, uh, the self-awareness there. You know, I, I got a lot of questions, but I want to go back to, to high school. Cause I think this is, this is such an interesting question that, you know, I can only speak for my own experience that it's, 
it's a real cool part of what we do that we have an opportunity to talk to high school students and college students and, you know, do whatever we can to help them in their career exploration. But one thing that I always find so fascinating is it feels to me that there is more and more pressure for people to, to air quote, know what they're going to do. And, you know, there, you know, certainly there's some people like me who kind of grew up around an industry, have an awareness of it. But so many people, you know, to your story about radiology and interior design, you, you, you feel like you think you need to know what you're going to do, but then you go in a completely different direction. So I'm just curious, given your own experience, I guess, how do you approach that when you have an opportunity, whether it's to go back to IU or to talk to you know, students around the community about what you do, what Parallel Design does, you know, just kind of just about education and exploration in general. Yeah, absolutely. I just think it's super important because, you know, I wouldn't have had that opportunity if my high school teacher hadn't recognized something in me. And, you know, I actually called her a couple years ago just because she was older when I was in school. And I was like, I really just want to talk to her and tell her what an impact she made on my life without even knowing that she did that. And so that was neat to give her a call. So it, as far as opportunities, I, I really take on every opportunity we can for job shadowing or for people coming in and spending the whole day with us. Just understand what we do, because just like my dad thought we picked paint colors and lampshades, you know, there's so much more involved to that. And you don't really know that until you get into school. And, and arguably, you know, school doesn't show you everything that you do when you get out either. So we take on uh, job shadowing, internships, um, we usually just have room for one internship a summer, but any, any person that reaches out to us about mentorship, whether it be at our company or helping them land a job elsewhere or reviewing their resume or building any connections, we take on every opportunity that we can. And I've been back to IU and a couple of other schools, you know, they call someone younger and more current these days, I guess. <laughs> I'm kind of old news to them. But yes, any chance I get, I, I am involved in kind of that influence and how we can help grow them and help them understand what that might look like. Well, for the benefit of our listeners who cannot see Brianna on the screen, she is by no means old. So don't, don't <laughs> let her pass herself off as, as somebody the industry has left behind. But so back, back to the, the entrepreneur's journey a little bit. So you, you shared, you know, the origin story of, you know, parallel and your own path of, uh, you know, went from thinking you were going to be spending time with your family to all of a sudden, six months later, you were hanging out a shingle again. So for the benefit of the listeners, how many colleagues do you have today? 15. And, and growing, right? Yes. Although, you know, that's another topic we could touch on. Um, just growth and what that means, growth in numbers of people or growth in the company itself. So, you know, just quickly, I, I, Probably, in, as far as my growth in numbers of people, I'm content with where we are today and feel like that is the right number based on the level of involvement I want to have as an owner. So growth in people numbers were probably there and not our sweet spot. Growth as a company, totally different topic that we can touch on if you'd like. No, yeah, let's go there now because I'd, I'd be, I'd be, I think I know where you're going to go, but I'm really curious to, to hear from your perspective what growth looks like, because that that's the whole essence of this podcast that, you know, growth means different things to different people. And you clearly are very, 
intentional and passionate about it. So I'd love to hear what growth has looked like to you to date, maybe kind of how that's informed how you see growth going forward. Yeah. So I've done a lot of thinking and wrestling with this topic in general, just because I'm an opportunist. I love opportunity and you know seizing all that opportunity where it makes sense and where it's a good fit. And so to turn down opportunities is hard for us. And, and how do you turn down opportunities if you are still growing? And, you know, most people who come to talk to me, they're like, oh, you know, let me help you scale your business. Or are you growing? Or, you know, how many people are you going to add? And I'm like, well, that's all irrelevant to me because to me, the focus is growing my business is building relationships. It is focusing on doing the right thing and collaborating with the right clients and making an impact on what we're doing rather than saying how much money we made, how many people we have, you know, those are all numbers and quite frankly, somewhat made up, you know, and that's somewhat the beauty of how my business started. I didn't have a business plan that said by 2022, I'm going to have 15 people and make X amount of dollars. You know, those are kind of un made up goals that put pressure on me and it changes the focus from doing the right thing and building the business and the relationships rather than, you know, focusing on this money aspect of things. So it's kind of a challenge because we, we have the opportunity there. We could grow, but the, the focus for me is having the right people on our team and having the right clients. So when I look at the numbers and the data supporting that, like, as I grow, I obviously get more disconnected from projects, get more disconnected from my team, and I can't operate the business the way I want to. Proportionately, you know, what that means from a numbers standpoint, I grow by more people, I grow by more revenue, my margins don't necessarily change. So you have to ask yourself, what is the benefit to adding more people? Well, if I had 20% profit it with five people or 20% profit with 15 people, what's the difference? You know, I, I don't really see I'm working harder. I'm managing more people. I'm not as connected to my clients. And so I've lost all the things that are really meaningful to me. So growth as a company is there. Growth by numbers is comes with doing the right thing and the, having the right clients and the right people. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's a, probably a lot more thought and intentionality than probably most business leaders put into it. So thank you for sharing. I, I do want to... I, since, since you are both a self-disclosed workaholic, but also somebody who clearly values family and time and kind of coming off that same idea of growth, how, how have you thought about, not just for yourself, but for your 15 team members, knowing that, that you want to grow because you, you enjoy the impact and you enjoy the work and the challenges, but also there are all these other things that are hopefully important to everybody and not just you and your company. How, how do you think about that? And is that, a, is that something that you explicitly talk about internally? Is it a guiding principle? I, I guess take it anywhere you want. Yeah, absolutely. It's a guiding principle. Um, you know, I tell people the number one reason I founded this company was because of my kids. You know, these little humans made me take this leap and say, you know, I want to have more control over my destiny and more flexibility with my family. I would tell you that it has been a challenge to have the right work-life balance by from starting this company and growing it. So it started in 2014. So we're eight years old now. And it's constant change over that time period of, you know, you're adding new team members, you're moving, you're growing by projects. So there's never been a dull moment or a quiet time where you can just say, yes, I have the great work-life balance. 
However, as your family is growing and your kids are growing, things like that are always changing as well. Their schedules, their needs, their demands. Um, and so I am able to adjust my schedule and adjust how I work and when I work to accommodate them. So I do make it a priority to either take them to school or pick them up from school. You know, we're home every night for dinner to have dinner as a family and do activities as a family. And, you know, I try not to work at night, try not to work on the weekends. There are some times where that's just inevitable. But, you know, when I'm taking them to school and not getting to work until 830, I'm kind of tra changing trading hours, if you will, um, to accommodate and to be present for them. I won't lie. I don't have it all figured out and I'm working hard to figure that out. But I do talk a lot with my team about priorities and that family is a priority and that we are not saving lives by designing spaces. So your health and your family and your wellness is a higher priority above all things, all deadlines, anything of that sort. So what's unique about our company that I wanted for myself that I impart on my team as well is the value of, you know, we're a women-based company. I, as a workaholic, left my job to be with my kids. So I know it's got to be top of mind for everyone as they're starting a family. So the question I ask myself is, I want my career and I want my family as well. How do I do that? Why do I have to choose? So it's really important to me to offer that flexibility to our team. So we have a couple of people who have started out full-time, you know, had children, they're now part-time, and eventually will come back full-time. But we are trying to meet them wherever they are in life and knowing that, you know, it's a give and take situation. And that is, if we can grow and accommodate you in your family life, then you will grow and accommodate us as a company and we will be together till the end. Um, and I do tell them that too. When I hire people, I say, I know this is really unrealistic, but I want you to be able to wrap your brain around being here forever. And if that's not where you're at, maybe it's not a good fit because there's really no reason you should want to leave if we're able to accommodate you where you are. So love supporting women and being able to know that we can don't have to choose between career and family because that's just not fair. I, I have to imagine early on as you started delivering that message, you probably were met with a fair amount of skepticism from potential colleagues of, are they just saying this to me? I guess, how long, how long from when you kind of established that as a guiding principle, do you feel that that was truly understood and embraced to the point where when, you know, so hypothetically, when you were at 12 people, when that 13th person came in, there wasn't skepticism that it was like, yes, I see this. This is what I signed up for. I'm not, I'm, I'm not asking you to prove it, I guess. I guess it was very early on. You know, I would say it's probably the fourth person in had a baby and went part-time. So they already got to see that live. Now she's a, not a designer, so in a different role. We have another person who did that as well, also not a designer in a different role. But I think that it's, it's very apparent, you know, because we have those conversations in the interviews of, you know, what are you looking for? I have people come to me and say, you know, I'd really love to have Fridays off? Can I work just four days a week? And as long as that works for me, then I'm willing to do that. You know, as their kids get older, maybe they want to go full time. So as long as we can accommodate the workload and it is not a problem, I'll let anybody kind of carve their own path because 
I think when you invest in people and they're happier and, and doing what they love, they give you so much more than if you try to force them into a situation or a role they weren't enjoying. Um, which makes me think of another topic that I um, would love to touch on just because I think it's different. I have never, I don't typically post jobs. And the reason I don't post jobs is because I feel like it's a little bit backwards of a process. Now I understand that that doesn't work for everyone, but if you post a job, you're basically saying like, here's what I'm looking for. And those people come in and say, I'm that, but how do I know that you're really that? Like, I want to know what you can bring to the table without feeling obligated that you have to tell me that you fit this specific role because you really want to work here. So Every person that's here has come to me by happenstance. For instance, we had um, a person come to us through Crew Car Wash. We were working on their headquarters and he called and he said, hey, you know, I have this uh, employee here who went to school for design. She'd love to just talk to you about her future and what she could do and what advice you could give her. I said, great, send her my way. So I chatted with her on the phone. We weren't hiring. And I was like, wow, you know, she's pretty sharp. Maybe we should find a spot for her. So brought her in. I said, hey, you know, do you want a job shadow one day just to kind of get an idea of what it's like here? And she's like, yeah, I'd love to. So she comes in, you know, still impressive to us. And we're like, she fits in really well here. How could we make a role for her? So had her in for an interview and she's shocked. You know, she's like, I thought I was just talking to you for advice. And we hired her on the spot, like in the interview. And she was like so excited seemed like a great fit. And we were really able to capitalize on getting to know her and her skill set and what she could bring to the table in a comfortable, authentic way, rather than saying, you know, do you fit this role? Because everyone's going to say that they fit that role. So most everybody that is here has come by either a conversation, a recommendation, a roundabout way, introduction, which is really fun. It's, unique. And I, I get it doesn't work for everybody, but that's kind of our way of building our team. That's awesome. That's, and I, I have to imagine, um, again, as your colleagues see that in action, your network expands exponentially of yes. people who you have an opportunity to have those conversations with. That's yes. Awesome. All right. So one, one question I do want to touch on that I try to ask every entrepreneur who has started something is, you, you got into that position because you're really good at what you do, right? You, you had clients that you worked with in a previous life who loved what you brought to the table. And so, as you said, you found yourself at the 50,000 square foot project and all of a sudden here you go. And as you continue to grow, you know, you have, you, you hire your first colleague, right? Now all of a sudden it's not just you. So how was that journey for you being able to still lead? still have a vision and projects and passions and all those things, but the work is no longer hundred percent yours. Mm -hmm. How, how is that journey for you? So I, I won't deny that that has been challenging for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, I have an amazing team that I have 100 percent trust in everything that they do. And if I didn't, they shouldn't be here. So I have no issues letting them run projects. I want to see them grow and I will give them all the responsibility that they are willing and comfortable to take. Um, and so the, I have no issues giving up responsibilities and control, but I do want to make sure that the, our relationships and our work product is tip top of the line. 
So there's this interesting, I don't know what the right word is, but expectation, I guess, because design is somewhat of a style, like in the way you handle a project and a process and the way you interact with others. It's not like accounting where you can just write down numbers and the output would be the same for every person that you work with. So as I developed all these relationships, kind of growing myself and through the years, there was this expectation when I started the company that I should run every project. And so there was this awkward transition of trying to get people comfortable with the rest of my team. And I think we're past that, but you know, they get used to you and how you do things and what you do and they have trust in you. And so it's harder to fix what's not broken and kind of put your trust in someone else. But that was on me to build that trust in them. And so I think we have that now. And I think obviously we're very busy. Everyone has full plates and I, I don't think anyone would shy away from working with anyone on our team. It's just a matter of their skill set and what their what their strengths are and what their best fit is for each project. Um, but I still love being involved in the day-to-day things. And I want my team to know how much I value them and the work that they're doing and how much I'm on the same page as them and knowing that, hey, we have these deadlines and we're going to be up late or we're working more hours than we'd like to. Like, I'm on the ground level at that with them because I think that the minute, you know, you're removed from that, things start to fall apart with some regards. And so I never want to be seen as like the boss doesn't know what's going on or keep her out of that project because she's just going to mess it up. So still working about that balance and how involved and where I should be spending my time. Yeah, it's, I don't have all the answers to that one. So if you have any good advice, this would be great. But might just be my personality. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, if you're looking to somebody who works in insurance for uh, how to best maximize the creative collaborative process, probably not not the area I would go first. <laughs> so I do have a, a question, though, in, in that vein from a client's perspective. So shout out to your, your colleagues, Caitlin and Alex. Uh, they are tremendous. Really enjoy working with them. And, you know, I, I, I guess what I'm curious about is, behind the scenes, you know, as your team is, is working on projects, right? You have people who are kind of pushing them through, but how much, I guess, how is the sausage made? How much collaboration do you have as a, you know, as a 15, 16 person collective as individuals are working on any given project? Is there a lot of, Hey, I'm working on this. You know, have you seen this? Have you, I guess, how much do, do your clients not see that happens behind the scenes? I think there's a lot, you know, uh, there's a lot of work that happens behind the scenes that we have to do to make things come to life. For instance, you know, some of the current struggles right now are supply chain issues, availability of products. And so we have a project right now that's about to finish up and the contractor didn't order the carpet on time. And so now they're asking us for an alternate and, you know, need it in two weeks. Well, uh, I'm actually, the project's going to be done in two weeks, so we need it now well there's virtually no carpet available now let alone a carpet that you wanted and it's a big area of carpet so all of the product reselections and coordination that we're having to do and uh, procurement of things is really uh, taking a lot more time out of projects than we ever expected or anticipated Um, product substitutions substitutions that you might not be as familiar with whether that be things from door frames and doors 
down to the aesthetic things like carpet. Um, that has become our biggest challenge right now, I think. And, you know, I think we're in the thick of it. I don't know that's going to resolve itself anytime soon. So behind the scenes, clients don't really see that piece of the puzzle. There's a lot of construction administration that's worked out with the contractors reviewing all what we call the shop drawings and submittals. So your whole lighting package comes back to us with 250 pages of submittals where we have to review the, the lumens of the light fixtures, the cable length, you know, the color, the size, the output, the beam spread, all of those things um, that we have to review before things get ordered. The carpet submittal, door submittals, where we check the locks and the swings and the hardware type code compliance, everything from fire code, ADA compliancy. Sometimes you have to do extended chapter 34 evaluations when a building changes the occupancy type or the use. So we have a current project that was formerly an office space and it's going to be an adult daycare. And so there's different requirements for that. We've had to file variances. And so not just picking paint colors and lampshades. There's a lot of technical details involved behind the scenes. And as far as collaboration, I mean, there's a lot of collaboration between team members. Um, you would be surprised at how many people touch your project that you might not ever meet. Um, and that's simply because we rely on people's strengths within our office. Some might be better at design. Some might be better at the technical aspect of putting the construction drawings together. Some might be better at the procurement piece of things for furniture and finish selection. And so we just try to capitalize on people's skill set and strengths to pull it all together. The benefit of that is everybody in the office knows pretty much every project that's going on. And I typically try to see everything and review everything that's going on from a quality control standpoint. So at any moment, if someone calls me about an issue, I know what's going on. I can solve the issue. And it's not like, you know, I'm removed from the project. Thank you. Mm -hmm. There are so many questions I could ask here, but I want to be respectful of everyone's time. But I guess... Since you kind of touched on supply chain, you know, mm -hmm. obviously you, you you didn't mention the P word, right? But that's a downstream effect of the pandemic. I'm <laughs> curious from from the projects you've picked up or started working on over the last two years, are there any overarching trends that either your clients are asking for or that you're suggesting based on observations? I guess I'm speaking specifically of of office projects here. Mm -hmm. I guess anything that you're noticing and saying, hmm, we weren't doing this in 2018, but you know, we're, we're seeing that this is where the market is moving. So oddly enough, I, if there's anything that you could find a silver lining in COVID for, like I, I choose to see the positive in things. And I can think of a handful of things that I want to be thankful for the pandemic for. One thing I think is, you know, you everybody reads all these articles. And the articles that kept coming out and the data that kept coming out was somewhat driving me crazy because no one knows what office space was going to look like. They're taking guesses and they're reading other articles and taking that information and twisting it a little bit and kind of trying to drive corporate office in this direction based on what everybody's reading. I'm like, I just can't, I can't get on board with that. Like I need information behind it to really support that idea. So you know, they predicted the office space was going to be reduced in size and we're going to have these six foot circles around everywhere and all of that stuff. But what we're seeing here, and you know, I can't speak to what's happening in other markets because we just don't, we have onesie twosie projects outside of Indiana, but what's happening here 
what I'm seeing is people are using their office space as a more of a touchdown space. So they're not reducing their footprint. They are creating more social zones where, you know, you come in, maybe you come in twice a week. It's all company twice a week. You could work from home otherwise, but there's spaces for you to work and there's spaces for you to meet spaces for you to train new hires and to create that culture and social aspect of things without losing it completely, but offering flexibility. And so what's interesting about that is what we saw is, you know, young people wanting all this flexibility and the older generation being like, no, we don't want you to work from home. We don't want to work from home. That doesn't work. It flip-flops. The older generation now is like, oh, I'm working from home all the time. And the younger people are like, no, this is for the birds. Like, let me in the office. I'm so bored. So that was really interesting to me. But I think the two things that it did for our side of things is relates to design and creating space. Before, people were behind in technology. They did not have laptops. Everyone was tied to their desktop. We didn't have appropriate teams opportunities and to connect virtually. And so when we would go and talk to them about their programming and say, you know, how do you use your space? What do you need? We couldn't really create all of these collaboration environments because you're going to use your computer. So if you have a desktop, what are you going to do? Take your desktop out there and sit in this loungy area? It's not going to happen. So that was putting a damper on our ability to create a functional kind of energetic space. So COVID fixed that for us because everyone has to have technology now. They just like happened overnight. The other thing is flexibility and people were so resistant to that. You know, we would do workplace surveys and say, you know, how do you work and what do you offer your people? And they would say, no, absolutely. We're not working from home, you know, not paying attention to that. Like, no, they need to be in the office. And we're like, gosh, you know, one day a week would really probably boost the morale and offer that flexibility. Why not? So I think COVID did show aside to that, that you can have both. And so it took, it's taken a while for people to get their footing and really understand. And I'm not sure that everybody's there yet, but I don't understand why people have to have these large swings of, you know, first it was all open office. Let's be like Google. And now it's all like enclosed office because of COVID. Why, why can't we meet in the middle? You know, can we have appropriate workspaces for people who need closed door offices? And can we have reasonably sized workstations that are, you know, sitting on top of each other for those people who don't know need a closed office. And so I've tried to maintain this steady flow of thinking like everything in moderation rather than these big swings of what these articles might be telling you to do to be like everyone else. So long story short, you know, <laughs> short story long, <laughs> that's, that's where I think people are headed is more of a touchdown spot. They're keeping their office footprint. They want people to be in the office, but they also are offering flexibility. Awesome. Thank you. And for our listeners who uh, want to see in action what uh, Brianna's talking about, uh, talk to me in uh, 2023 and you're welcome to uh, take a tour of the office that they've designed for. So It's going to be super fun. I, we believe me, every day we look out at the construction site around us, we cannot wait. So, <laughs> uh, so um, we close as always with you giving an opportunity to talk about parallel design groups work, kind of ideal clients, give listeners a chance to learn more and find a place to uh, do more of their own investigation. But before we get there, as always, we are going to do the lightning round. So I have four questions for you. There are no wrong answers, only long answers. So Brianna, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Uh, what would we find on your car radio? 
Oh, today's hits or today's country? Pandora. I hate ads. Fair enough. What would we find on your bedside table or e-reader? Well, you always find water on my bedside table. E-reader. I am not a big reader. I'm not a big TV watcher. I'm a doer. So you, it will be hard to find me sitting reading a book. I'll read the news on my phone, but that's about as far as it goes. Like I said, no wrong answers, only long answers. All right. So cats or dogs? Both. All right. And horses. Whoa. Okay. That is officially at first. Nobody has had horses yet. So thank you. Uh, and the last one, this one is uh, a little bit more serious. What is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever been given? I guess the top of mind would be if you're not being challenged, you're not doing your best. So embrace the challenge and know that, you know, I don't know, I don't know if you'd say it's like someone is threatened by your success or threatened by your um your progress, but if you're not being challenged, you're not doing your best. You're being complacent. Awesome. Thank you. And before we wrap up, uh, could you share with listeners a little bit more about Parallel Design Group's work and where they can find more information? Sure. Uh, best place to find more information about Parallel is our website, ParallelD as in dog, G as in George.com. Uh, lots of project info there, photographs, uh, great inspiration. You can find information about our team as well. We're located in Keystone at the Crossing. We also have a great Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of that. You can find us all the social media platforms. Ideal project and ideal client would be uh, really someone who's engaged and cares about their workplace environment and their culture. We want to help you build that culture and make that workplace somewhere everybody wants to come. Your clients enjoy it. It's just a super fun environment. Um, so really, we're about the relationship rather than the project itself. doesn't matter what size, big or small. We do corporate office. We do residential. We do hospitality, restaurants. We do not do hospitals or schools. So kind of us in a nutshell. Awesome. Thank you. Brianna, I have really enjoyed the conversation. I thank you for joining and uh, just wish you and the rest of the team at uh, Parallel Design the Best. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate your time.